You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Door. Bumper. Clear. Welcome to Door Bumper Clear, presented by Offer Pad. I'm Brett Griffin, and we're back from the Daytona 500 and ready to react to it all. Today, we'll cover TJ and Brad Keselowski making pretty much everyone mad. Austin Cindric and Ryan Blaney's battle to the line, a new driver council, and a lot, lot more. Let's kick it. The best on the stand and the best in the both. Stumbling the Monday to tell you the truth. Giving the opinions and breaking the rules. Good call to the holler to bring it to you. Casey, you pretty. Freddie, you fat. TJ, you suck. Brighton so bad. Jason is pacing, kind of plate in this race. And if someone don't crash, and he's gonna go mad. Looking for Freddie, he's killing the bottle. Casey is making messes like a toddler. Tweet something stupid, then don't even bother. Brett's gonna block you like TJ is a spotter. See them online, throw FF in the chat. Tell Rick where to stay off the track. All of the podcasts are living in fear. This isn't the download, it's bumper clear now nah, don't get it twisted baby this isn't the download nah this is door bumper clear. Clear, 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 clear there you go i like it hey everybody i am tj majors spotter of the 68 xfinity car and the uh, one truck yeah you yes. left one out <laughs> i am the spotter of the six cup <laughs> car as well oh man Brett Griffin, spotter, college racing, fresh out of Daytona. Kick, uh, kicking it to my man over here who finished P2, kissing his sister, Freddie Kraft. Hi. <laughs> it's Freddie. I spot for Bubba. We, lo- we lost by a quarter of a car last night <laughs> to one of my best friends. So now, on top of losing the Daytona 500 by a quarter of a car, I'm going to have to celebrate the fact that I lost the <laughs> Daytona 500 by a quarter of a car. Uh, what's up, Freddie Kraft, spotter for Bubba Wallace, Landon Castle, and Derek Kraus. Overall, pretty pretty good weekend. Uh, I think I took about a quarter of the cars out. I said <laughs> spotter. TJ only ran through about half of them. Uh, no, we only ran through. Two. You only ran through two and then wiped out half of them. You were right. It's I not sh- my fault. I should be corrected that. the rest of it. What they do after that is not my fault. <laughs> uh, but what's up, Casey? I mean, are we not going to mention the fact that we were sitting – in a brand new studio, and I'm jealous of Casey because I would much rather be sitting at the bar like her and Jason are right now. I think that they finally learned their lesson and separated me and Brett. So I can't even see you right now. That's I, the best part. I about think it's this. like that for a reason. They've spent some money in here. We've got like I told Jason, all I wanted outside was a bar, and we've got a bar. We're gonna need a bartender. Um, we've got Ricky Bobby, Brett, and TJ. 
I think they got their ass beaten NBA Jam a minute ago. I was the 1993 ping pong champion at the University of South Carolina, Dash Lancaster, and I got a ping pong table in here. Me and my best friend Matt Smith won a NBA Jam's freaking tournament in Phoenix, Arizona in 1993. So I'm in heaven. I'm in nostalgia heaven right now. Brett thinks NBA Jam's is a football game. Have you ever played NBA Jam with Brett? He's tackling people on the court. Well, okay, I did. We just played a game and actually won because of Brett's aggressiveness tackling other players. So (laughs) it worked out pretty well. I've got – I forgot my wall art. Jason, I'm sorry. I'll bring it next week. I know. I forgot to bring We've been gone for a week, so I'm buying me one of these things. I am waiting for my wedding RPG photos room? to be. No, this NBA Jam game is either going to get stolen or I'm going to buy one from somewhere. <laughs> I need to know where Micah got this from. DBC, we built you guys a bar because you won't stop talking about alcohol. It, it's much better than where Mike's studio is now. A, because we're in here, but B, because like this is a full-blown entertainment. Like There's a lot of Hollywood stuff in here, and that's where this show's headed anyway. Uh, I mean, we're going to have our own poster like this probably by May. I'm going back down there and getting They won't pin our tweets on social media, but we're going (laughs) to Hollywood. (laughs) So, hey, guys. Casey Boat here, VP of Marketing and Babysitting for Dirty Mo Media. Is that self-proclaimed, too, like Jason's title? I feel like I've earned it. Let me see your business card. We're working on it. Davis, get on (laughs) it. Since I've called myself director of content enough since our last show two weeks ago, Mike has just rolled with it. At this point, it's official. <laughs> yeah, Working on the raise. I was gonna say, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. What's your paycheck? I was going to say, Mike's going to take advantage of that while you're at it until you, until you uh, but as negotiate a better direct content. I was like, we need a new studio. So I demanded we get a new studio, and look what happened. Well, there that was go. really fast. Yeah, good work, Jason. You're welcome. Yeah. So when is the bird coming? <laughs> what is this bird are you talking about? The last time you started talking about birds on here was something totally different. So, I know, but I'm talking about a legitimate bird. Like, all I hear like is bird that we're going to have, to loud that we're gonna have a bird <laughs> in I here. I gave you the bird. Did you hire this bird? Like, I'm confused. Is, it, is he tall and yellow? I don't know what you're talking no, about. Gonna Big be, bird? <laughs> all I keep hearing from Mike is we're going to have a legitimate bird in here, right, Jason? Am I making it up? He's mentioned it. I mean, who, where's this bird? Like, he's yeah. just going to stay in here Yeah, wait a minute. And does he speak? That's yeah. A rumor. It's gonna be a talking bird. Let's you know, imagine it. what he'd say. Talking uh, about do funnies and yeah, birds, monkeys, what? and do funny, do funny. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else. Don't play with your bird. We'd have the best bird in America. <laughs> TJ, don't push me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jason will take it home at night too. Oh. So, so well. Daytona 500 weekend, right? Best weekend of the year, biggest weekend of the year for us. Everybody gets excited to go down there. I don't know that we've ever had weather that good for that many days. No, yeah, not that the, I can recall. I know I packed all this rain gear and I didn't even need any of it. Yeah, I mean, it's usually chilly or cold at least one day, raining one day. It's I mean, cold it's cold during these Finney races. It's, it's Florida, right? But no, man, yeah. we had beautiful Chamber of Commerce weather for four days. Casey, how many days were you there? I did not go for the first time in 12 years. Slacker. I know. I was actually disappointed. I missed it. Um, but, but Chad was too. He was down there racing, so he was fine. <laughs> I think that was my... TJ, are you just like on a roll to keep pissing people off? Because it just continues today. Well, first of all, I didn't piss anybody off because I wasn't driving. Anything, so It's just you. It's just you. reaction theater today. I think that was my 24th Daytona 500. I'm not so sure. So you're really old. Yes. Might have been my 18th. Well, I don't know. I mean, Austin Tindrick might have us all beat because he won the Daytona 500 in what he's like. Second, second start, start? Third start, maybe? Yeah. Second. Second, second attempt. Second so, attempt. Um, 
congratulations to him because I don't know that any of us picked Austin Cindric to win this race. But I, I, I wouldn't have picked Austin Cindric to win a race all year. So I was uh, very surprised, but I was happily surprised for him. Like, what a great way to start your full time Cup career. I mean, it's all I, downhill from I was here, say, right? Now, what do you do? Like, I mean, what else? I mean, do you do? now you got to win a chain of the championship, right? Obviously, he's got one in Xfinity, but I mean, if I look at race car drivers that have improved a lot over their career, he is certainly way, way, way up on my list. Uh, and we've talked about it some on this show. But to go out and, and get to where he's gotten, you know, coming off a Xfinity Series championship a couple of years ago, and then win your second ever Daytona 500 in your first full time season, lock yourself into the playoff, lock yourself into the All Star race. He accomplished a hell of a lot of things yesterday. Yeah, I mean, and to, to that point, I, I was also happy for. I have numerous friends on that team, namely Doug Campbell, one of our best friends, Spotter. That's his first Cup win. Also, I don't know what the hell he's going to do now. You've knocked. The, the biggest win and your first one off in one check. Uh, my buddy Ryan Flores is the tire changer on that team, so I was happy for those guys. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, where do you go from here? You, you know those cars are always up front. They always have speed, and they always seem to, you know, our plan, my plan at the end of the race there was before we got the damage even, we were trying to figure out because there was all Fords. It was, the, most of the Toyota help was gone, and I told Bubba, I said, we're just going to push the hell out of the 12 and the 2, because on the last lap, they tend to wreck each other. You know, the, the Penske cars are always up front, and then the last lap, something happens, and who's ever behind yeah. them ends up Not winning the I'd race. I've lived through any of that before. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that was kind of our plan, and it, it got really, really close to working out. Unfortunately, it didn't, but uh, we can. You'd have him like he did Blaney. You'd probably won. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. I've, I don't know if we, if if you didn't knock my fender off, maybe that would have made a little bit of a difference. So you're first blaming TJ, too. <laughs> first of all, I probably made it easier for you to stay there by eliminating, eliminating people. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. How, how much money do you think you tore up yesterday? Oh, millions? me personally? I mean, yeah, millions. Uh, a couple bottles of water. I mean, true. <laughs> um, <laughs> you wrecked a lot. I don't, got, don't worry. We talk about this in spot on, spot yeah. off. So let's not give right, TJ right. too much of a hard time. But uh, last week, I think we talked about the fact that this would be a different Daytona 500 with the new car, with teams not having as many parts, not having things for really the rest the next few races. That's out the window in the race. Though. <laughs> yeah. Did you? I do mean, you guys agree? I mean, Brett. Brett said it. Brett thought that this would be completely different, especially in the duels. Do you guys agree that? You know, people were played it a little safe besides Brad Keselowski. We talked about me and Brett talked about it the night before, and it was you really didn't know what to expect. And I think that it was uh, we said it's the Daytona 500. Some guys are just going to go for it, and you and you saw. I didn't think it was. I thought it was pretty tame. Um, you know, there's Most guys part. shoving some some guys shoving more than others. There was a few wrecks that um, didn't that could have happened, but didn't. They were yeah. close. But, you know, it's just like the unknowns of the car and how hard you can push. And, and some guys could handle getting pushed better than others. Um, and But, you know, you also saw the same thing. There was half the field that was like, I don't really want to be any part of that. So, you know, it was it was kind of what you would expect it to be. Um, there's some guys that just couldn't afford direct cars, so they rode all day. And there's some guys that said, I'm winning the Daytona 500, so I'm getting up there and, and mixing it up. Yeah, it was definitely a lot more two wide than three wide, and we could have ran around there three wide all day long. Now, we would have wrecked more, but I think that's the difference, Casey, is we we saw a good race for sure. Um, didn't see a lot of single-file riding. You it was know? challenging. Uh, yeah, I mean, we saw a lot of two-by-two two racing, and, I mean, for me as a fan, uh, I, I thought it was a great race other than the fact that uh, mine sucked. 
all day. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a different 500. And honestly, that plays right into a guy like Austin's, you know, Austin's ball field there because he doesn't have a lot of experience in it to go back on. I think that's how it's going to play out. This is he set the tone for it a lot. You know, he's um, progressed a lot over the last few years. Obviously, a champion in the Xfinity Series, almost almost a corner away from or hundred feet away from a two time champion. So he knows what he's doing. Um, it was definitely a, a lot of two by two and. And I'm not even sure how each lane kind of shifted um, because guys were pushing in both lanes at the front. Outside lane would move, and then the inside lane would come back. Yeah, just it was whatever whatever top two cars got tandem. Well, even when the top two cars, yeah. even when the top two cars would tandem, like even like if we had five or six cars clear on the bottom, and we were tandeming up front, the outside could still get a run. Yeah. And I'm not 100 percent sure how all that started yet i'm sure as we race more of these races and we start figuring it out we'll understand more of why it happens and in the draft with these cars but i mean i it was a it was a daytona 500 it was a challenging race there was strategy in there you had to to do everything perfect and those guys up front you know they executed pit stops well they got through the the pack when they needed to and they were in the perfect scenario at the end of the race with teammates switching for the lead. And it, we, we saw all day when two cars got shoved out, they were hard to get around for a couple of laps. And that's what happened. Yeah. Xfinity race again, great race, truck race, great race. I mean, Always. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to me, that's the three best days of racing all year. I don't, I, I don't know if I can agree that the Xfinity race was great. They tried to kill my boss. They did. I mean, my Snyder almost landed in Michael Jordan's lap back there. Thank what a nasty looking wreck that was. Bubba, uh, I got the craziest text. So under caution, <laughs> I look at my phone and I got a text from Bubba and he's like, "I'm back here on the back stretch watching uh, the, uh, the 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 race with MJ. You, you and Daniel are doing an awesome job. He and Daniel are obviously great friends." I was like, "Oh, another guy hanging out with MJ, bragging about it. I don't get to meet the guy." <laughs> <laughs> Throwing it up in my face again. So, uh, but well, I knew where he was at. But, he could have went. But how cool is it for the sport that Michael Jordan is there watching an Xfinity race on the back stretch? Like, that's just awesome because obviously Sunday, the Daytona 500, is going to be a big draw for a lot of people. Obviously, Michael's a car owner on Sunday. He's not on Saturday. The fact that he's in Daytona Beach on Saturday speaks volumes to where our sport is, I think. That was the most people I can remember seeing in the infield or the ball field, whatever you want to call it there. Like for for the concerts and intros, it was was mobbed. Yeah, I thought the the atmosphere was great. Um, That flyover is awesome. And what – the fans don't know is that after the flyover, we're all getting our stuff on and ready. And out of nowhere, that second one, <laughs> they come back by and they are literally they are they how the close after, are they? They had the afterburners. They on are the second close time. to they the feel roof, like they're a hundred feet from us. Yeah. And you they can go feel by your inside shaking. They go by you and it shakes like the, it's like Top Gun when he buzzes the tower. Like yeah. it, it's at you don't see it coming, so it scares the heck out of you. But yeah. it was uh, it's pretty awesome, man. The Daytona Five Hundred weekend, it's just. There's nothing like it. No, it's hard to describe. Yeah, you know, like uh, we'll just I'll wait. I'll rant about this later. Go ahead, let's go. Tell you guys, Freddie, not to rub it in even more. The fact that you didn't win the Daytona 500, Um, dude. I finished second in the race like five times. Don't worry. Tell tell us five years. (laughs) Take us a little bit into like the last few laps because I can imagine looking at the race on TV. I can't even think about what was going on through your head what you're telling yeah, let's just get to like two to the green white checker let's forget yeah it yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know like i said you know we were kind of painted in a box because we lost Bajard. kyle was the only you know fully functioning 
Toyota left, and he had a bunch of damage as well. He screwed you over uh, one time. Bad. Well, that was kind of on us, I think. He could have helped, but we were – that was a move we probably when, shouldn't have. I thought we were in pretty yeah. good – He was clear, and he didn't go to the bottom. I was like, ooh. I thought we were in pretty good shape of Briscoe behind us Yeah, um, and Kyle I, behind him. You know, we were – I thought I, – I might literally, the, what I told Bubba with about five, that second to last restart, I said, we're going to just – Obviously, if we can get linked up with Kyle, we're going to, but he's two rows back right now, and there's only five to go. You're not going to, like, drag back and look for him. Uh, I really thought our best opportunity to win the race, and it and turned out to be right, was, you know, just pushing the hell out of Blaney, locking up with the Blaney and the two. Because they're going to race at some obviously point. Obviously, they're, you know, they're, Bubba and Blaney are dating. So, <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> Uh, but you know that was our, that was kind of the plan the whole time was just push the hell out of Blaney. Then I was worried. Obviously, we got the damage, and I wasn't sure. They were telling us you can push all you want. The nose is fine. It just took the fender off, and you don't know for sure until you do it. And it they ran fine. We locked up as soon as we like taking the green, and I saw like he was pushing them, and it wasn't no flex to the nose or anything. No. I was like, we're gonna have a shot, and we just came up a little bit short. You know, I was in, in uh, I think it was eighteen, seventeen, eighteen. Whenever we finished second the first time, it was like. Man, I don't know if I'll ever get this close again. And now somehow I've managed to get closer and still not win. So <laughs> it's hard to. Now you can say that because now, I mean, if you get any closer than this and don't win, <laughs> you should probably quit. You should uh, probably but, not spot. You know, it's, anymore. I had a bunch of buddies of mine last night. They were texting me and they're like, hey, man, seconds better than 30 second wrecked. And I'm like, maybe next week it'll feel better. But this week it, it sucks. <laughs> it does suck. It does suck running good in the 500 all day and then. You know, that was, I think that was the biggest takeaway. Like, in, in, in the petty car, we weren't competitive really all day. We just we kind of was in the right place at the right time at the end, survived a bunch of wrecks. This time we were up front all day, kind of, you know, we're playing a part in controlling some of the race and, and working really well with our Toyota teammates. So you're like all race long. I just for some reason went into yesterday feeling like we had a very good shot to win. And even to the last second, <laughs> I thought we were going to win. Uh, but you know, so that's why it stings a little bit more because you're up there all day, kind of playing a part in the race, and then just come up. A little I promise bit short. you, it's worse leading the last twenty laps than then, than wrecking in the three. That's not <laughs> fun either. That's pretty bad feeling. You, you look at we got a big group of fans that always say, "Oh, the same guys win all the time." Man, these last two Daytona five hundreds, guys that you would have never picked to win the race: Michael McDowell, Austin Cindric. Again, yeah, sports in a good spot. Yeah. Great weekend. Casey, I think we need to kick it or this thing's going to go on for three hours. Jason's going to hate us. (laughs) Before we head into spot on, spot off, let's kick things off by hearing a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPat. Hey, DBC fans, last week we told you about the awesome, different news that our presenting sponsor, OfferPat, is back for yet another season. We just finished up racing in Florida, where OfferPat has markets in Jacksonville, Orlando, and Tampa. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in those areas, the weather is beautiful, and I highly recommend living close to the Oyster Pub. Yeah, OfferPad makes it so easy to get that process started. Log on OfferPad.com, tell them about your home, and answer a few questions. It takes less than five minutes. Freddie, we can't afford to ever live near the Oyster Pub. I lost so much money in Daytona at that place. But listen to me. Within 24 hours, OfferPad will send you a cash offer on your home and other options to choose from. Now, whether you decide to take OfferPad's cash offer or list your home with OfferPad, you are in control. We're headed to California this weekend, and OfferPad has markets in the Southern California area. If you have ever wanted to live in sunny California, here's your chance to do it with OfferPad. I love California. Such a beautiful state. If you want to buy or sell a home in Riverside or San Bernardino, California, partner with OfferPad and let's make it happen. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. 
spot on, spot off. It goes like this. Spot on means you agree. I'm spot on. Are you joking me? He's lost his mind. Oh, and by the way, no one ever seems to agree. And then spot off means you disagree. Spot off. Uh, Here we f***ing go. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But if you're TJ... Um... Uh, uh, there's only one correct answer. I don't know. It's time for Spot On, Spot Off. First topic. The first two cautions of the next-gen car era are caused by wheels falling off of Kaz Gorilla and Justin Haley's car. Brett, Spot On, Spot Off. I'm going to tell you something. On a scale of 1 to 10, this being a problem, this is a 10-plus um, when, when I'm watching the race play out and I'm watching wheels on our racetrack, there isn't a bigger safety concern for our fans in the stands than for me to see this. If a car hits that tire that's bouncing on the racetrack or rolling on the racetrack, that 70 or 80-pound tire is going to go up in the air, and we don't know where it's going to end up. So when I, when I saw that, Casey, my, my heart sunk. And the first one I really paid attention to it happened was Kaz Gryla. Obviously, it, it happened to me. I don't know with this single lug nut deal, you know, obviously there was an issue for the wheels to fall off. I haven't heard exactly what it was because Kaz Gryla's car looked differently than my car looked when it came back. Um, but when I saw that, like, it literally scares me because we cannot be at – these racetracks where we're going super i mean really anywhere i don't even want no, to be at marchville and see a tire no. fall off right and then and, and with the other tires the other wheels you know if you got three lug nuts on you knew your car was freaking fine and if you got two on you had a vibration and you knew you had to come and fix it obviously there wasn't anything giving me uh, a warning sign giving justin haley a warning sign of hey i think i might lose a wheel here guys for us to pit so we we're just out there racing you know riding around 170 plus miles an hour off goes our tire well the problem is tj when that tire goes away we don't know where the hell it's going i don't even think the tire knows where it's going i mean maybe um i mean a couple weeks ago you got the left front maybe the right front was jealous maybe <laughs> maybe you know i i think the biggest thing it's definitely is, scary like you talked about these guys don't have a warning anymore because used to be if you had those three lugs tight, I've got a vibration. It's getting How worse. long can you handle it? It's, it's getting, getting worse. worse. Yeah. I got to come. There's no such thing as it's loosening up anymore. Like it's it's either on or off, you know. And it looked up yours looked weird. Like it was the 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 wheel was out of the tire. The the were still pieces of the wheel hanging in the right front suspension. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see. It was weird looking on the technical side. What really happened there? Um, and I lost brakes at the same time. Yeah. So clearly something went in there something, and wiped everything something out. Something wiped everything yeah. out and broke something Which or whatever. Which could be just be an accident. I mean. But, I mean, e- even – I mean, look, guys. Even tire rolling around, if if, if it goes into the infield – and I, I don't literally mean into the infield. I mean, like, pit road. Like, we don't – we can't have these yeah. – th- this no. is a – NASCAR is brilliant, right, in a lot of areas. And I can promise you their debrief today and tomorrow is going to be, what do we do about this? Because this is a big problem. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, speaking of – pit road stuff was it the xfinity race where all them cars went slight yeah yes. whenever that guy okay so before the race they get on a guy about having his legs over the wall that is exactly why you don't because that car slid right next to the wall probably half a pit road right i saw dylan welch tweeted something about like he was standing was in right that pit there, box yeah. 
and that car slid all the way down there. I thought yeah. he was actually going to hit them the wall. I mean, we, we saw Mark Martin almost go behind pit wall. I Michigan. Mean, I, mean, I mean, I mean, we've seen a lot of things, but but we learned from them, right? Yeah. But this this was the biggest learning curve for me personally on the safety side uh, coming coming out of the weekend because who like one tire? Okay, man, f- you know, freak deal doesn't happen a lot. When you see two guys, three guys losing tires, it's like uh oh. We, we got a global I, problem I here. Talk, so normally, like to find out this, you know, the breakdown, what happened, I would call Ryan Flores, but I'm hoping he's still drunk um, after winning last we night. We should call him right now. It's probably <laughs> they're probably breakfast. at breakfast. Yeah. Um, you know, he he has said on their podcast and stuff that th- that it's harder. The one lug is harder than the five lugs was just because you cannot. You got to be so precise. I would say it that too. So probably. Much, you know, I mean, spotting got harder, right? I mean. Got, <laughs> Of course he's gonna but, say that. You know, but I'm just saying, like he said, he's got you. You, yeah. you can't mess up. Like there's, you used to be able to mess up and miss a lug, and we'd be fine with. Four. I don't know we if I get a penalty. Is but it necessarily harder or just more? You know, more exact, according right? to them, was you know, according to him, it's it takes more. It takes more effort for the one. margin for error yeah. is way less. Margin there is no error. margin for error. It's either now. on or off. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it plays out going forward. And, and, and look, the weird thing is, we've seen NASCAR react with penalties like suspending crew chiefs for things like this. And to me, that's not the answer here. We've got to figure out how to keep these freaking wheels on on the car. I mean, I didn't hear a lot of feedback on the pit stops yesterday. Uh, We're in a group chat with some guys. They said that the pit stops were certainly not as exciting as they were. Uh, I think the good news fans for for people like that is watch the Xfinity race because we still do five on, five off there. I don't know about you guys yesterday, but I felt like they were – our teams were limiting tire changes just to limit the amount of times you could make a mistake. You know, it was there'd be times yeah. where we normally put on four or something. They're like, ah, oh, we're not going to do, we're just going to do two. Which we're you not going to do, do there, but you can't do yeah, that at Fontana. That else, yeah. You yeah. won't do that at Fontana. I, I think it'll get, I mean, obviously we're all learning. We're learning the draft, you know, drivers learning the cars, tire changes are learning the tires. It'll, I think things will get more fluid as we go on. Yeah. Agree. Spot on, spot off. Bump drafts from Brad Keselowski <sighs> triggered two wrecks in the Daytona 500. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Right, says, Keselowski, I'm going to go get a drink. I <laughs> to wreck everyone in the field. I'm out of water. I'm going to go get one. <laughs> I guess his other car won that, gave, that he gave up. Well, I don't know what that last part means, Jason. That he, said, like he, was like he was saying Brad was mad because Cindric was winning. Oh. Yeah, his old his old car. Oh, really? it's, oh, it's old car, not other car. It's TJ, old. Yeah. should we um, open some high rock vodka for you now? Start taking shots. Why now? I mean, how do you know I haven't started already? <laughs> um, what do you think? I mean, spot off. You don't like. You're not. You're not trying to cause wrecks. You're trying to advance your line as as much as you can. And uh, we didn't. We could push very well all weekend. Um, and we could be pushed very well. Like our car was handling good. We could push. We could be pushed and uh, worked good with Austin up in front there. Uh, apparently, you know, whatever. Never mind. You um, could you could push better than anybody throughout the weekend. And oh, like I, I, oh, like one hundred percent. Just watching the six car. This like there was times where we like the Toyota line would try to get to each other and we just simply couldn't. The six could pull up to anybody yeah. whenever he wanted and push the hell out of him. And I honestly think it was just. At the end there, I mean, there's five to go in the Daytona 500. You're, you're trying to get to the front. I mean, that's not – it's not. you're not trying – the last thing you want to do right there is cause a wreck. You know, and I don't know 
Is it? Because every time the guy who causes the wreck, he's never in it. He, he causes the wreck and he just drives well, away. That's not him. really true because Kyle Larson caused one and got in a big. Well, so. well you was, just have to call somebody so out. There. Um, so there. What did he do? Yeah, what, what did, did, he, what did he do, TJ? He mounted the Ford. Cue <laughs> <laughs> TJ saying, take that one out. Here, here, here's um, what I got to say think, about it. I mean, it, he wasn't trying to wreck him, but it's just you're trying just to go. I th- what, what surprised me about it is Keselowski made the same mistake twice, right? The first time. Um, he almost wrecked the 21 a couple times before he finally got him. And, and where he wrecked him was he kept bumping him as they were leaving the banking going on to the straightaway. And the same exact thing happened uh, in, in the next wreck when, when he wrecked. Who was it the second time? Stenhouse. Ricky. Stenhouse, yeah, when he hit Ricky. Like if, if you were leaning on the guy and you were tandem with the guy, you could do it. But if you were bumping the guy, which you were, and again, you were sucking up better than anybody. But I was only surprised at the fact – that Keselowski made the same mistake twice. But, again, it's five to go on Daytona 500. I, I get it. Well, that, that, he sucks up better than anybody because it's true. The uh, the one off of two, that's just like you're you're trying to learn. You're learning at the same time, and, unfortunately, when you're learning a new car, learning a new package and stuff, things have to happen in order to learn. I mean, thing you know, at the end there, there's if you switch Josh and – uh, us and Ricky, there's no telling. The same thing doesn't happen to us. I mean, you're you're trying to go to the front. Well, Ricky's the, not very aggressive at plate racing, though. Yeah, and so I was gonna like, d- like I saw the I saw this, you know, and I knew we were obviously we weren't going to avoid this topic. Um, <laughs> we we told and I, and, and I saw this, and I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, that was two in a long time or whatever but i remember a race where we there was a a line as long as the entire spotter stand to get to herm um at daytona so look last five laps for ricky yeah yeah so last five laps of the 500 the last thing you want to do is wreck a guy you're trying to get to the front trying to get position and i mean it's the end of the 500 you're going for it look man you let's be a race let's be real here um ricky got wrecked but do you think that ricky it's going to be fans of Roush racing right now. No. Roush, Fenway, Keselowski racing. He, they fired him. Let's not forget that. So he's going to come at him yeah, just, for that, just, just for, for that alone. And he got wrecked. He, he was the first car on the outside row. He was in a good spot. I yeah. mean, I'd be yeah. mad too. I can't blame you him You talk about mad. guys like in that first deal with the 21 car, before you guys even got behind him, we, were, we had lost the Toyota line on the bottom, and we were running, I don't know, 17th, 18th, something like that. And I watched Truex push the 21, and he was all over the place, sideways, sideways. I'm like, hey, let's bail out of here. Well, I found like that the out. 21's going to get turned. And then two laps later, as soon as you guys got behind him, the same thing happened, and, and he wrecked yeah. the field. Um, so, but like, you know, like Brett said, that, that spot off of two and off of four where you're light. kind of aggressively you're shoving, light. Cars, light. cars light, and that's going to yeah. happen. You know? And like, if, you're, if you're not hand, I mean, obviously, if the – Obviously, his car wasn't planted as well as other some others and stuff. So, uh, but I I will say I thought Harrison handled his interview very well. You could tell he was disappointed, but I thought he was very classy in his interview. Speaking of Harrison, do you think do you think that I don't know? Like this is not a question for me and you, Brett. But does this affect the way people will work with Brad in the future? I mean, but in in the days like you know the last whatever it was ten years. He had no choice because he was always up front with the, the 22, the 12. You know, he, he had guys that were committed to working with him. I mean, does this change any of that? I don't think it changes in the Cup Series. You know, some guys are always going to be up front, and they find their way up there. And um, Brad's obviously a really good 
has my, a lot of my, wins to play races. My so. personal strategy as a spotter at those races has always been I want to be around the fastest guy during the race until the end, and then I want to shuffle him and screw him. Let me ask you this, too, kind of off topic, but last restart, you're Ricky Stenhouse, you're leading. Second place and third place are the two Penske cars. Fourth place is Brad. Would it have been more beneficial to Ricky to, to split take the up. bottom and split the two Penske cars? Of course up? I would have. Yeah. yeah. The bottom had prevailed almost every restart, I felt like. I, I was Brad surprised. Was, I told Bubba coming. I said, I really don't know what Ricky's going to do here. I said, personally, I think I would split the Penske cars up. I said, but Brad's also the best pusher. So you're, you're, you're counting. It, it's, it's, you know, six to one, half dozen. So you're, you're, you're taking the top in front of a guy that he knows a good pusher, and then you're – you're mad because he was trying to push you so hard. Yeah. You, I mean, you chose to put that guy behind you. You chose that. But, you know, again, Brad's not going in there saying nobody is. You're just trying to win the race. I mean, you're trying to get to the front. And yeah. we had Chris behind us at that point, so we were lined up fairly well. But I I was actually surprised when he took the top. I, we I, talked about this last week. Brad Keselowski was one of the worst cars at L.A. And we said on the show that he could redeem himself and, and potentially win the Daytona 500. You guys went out, won the duel, and obviously were competitive all day long. So uh, I think a lot of people that were looking at Roush, Fenway, Keselowski racing going, uh-oh, panic button, panic button, I think they now know they can come off the panic button. Yeah, I agree. Spot on, spot off. Harrison Burton's car flips with ease after contact during the first big one down the backstretch. Freddie. Uh, obviously spot off. Uh, you know, As soon as it happened, Bubba – immediately keyed up and said, well, that, that is not a good look. As soon as this thing got backwards, it took off. Um, you know, got everybody on TV a good shot of what the underbody looks like. So, you know, some guys could point out some technical stuff on, on Twitter. But, you know, uh, that can't continue to happen. They've, they've got to figure out a way. I, I noticed some of the guys on my plane last night were talking about when the guys got turned around backwards, some of the roof flaps didn't maybe operate the way that they thought they were going to. Um, I have to go back and watch that myself. I didn't see it. But you know how fast they were going whenever he flipped? I, I was one curious. I didn't see it. Um, but, you know, it's just – it's just that's what we tried. We spent years and years and years developing roof flaps and these side flaps and whatever else to keep the cars on the ground. And then you have something like that where the first time somebody spins, they immediately flip over. Uh, just concerning for sure. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll address it, but, you know, it's not something you want to see happen. Right. So I think the thing to talk about here, and I'm spot on for this, is – Rule change. We're going to see rule changes because of this. That's going to make the teams have to work freaking harder and, and potentially even need more parts that we already don't have, right? So, obviously, spot off for any time a car leaves the racetrack. Again, safety concern. Uh, I mean, Michael Jordan's bus had suspension parts in the grill of it on the backstretch from the Xfinity race from the, the wreck the night before there with, with Matt Schneider, right? So anytime a car leaves the ground, I mean, we, we saw Kyle Larson uh, chunk a motor into the crossover gate at Daytona. You know, we have seen a wheel go into the stands when cars leave the ground, right? So um, it, it's, it's a bad safety concern for, for everybody. But for me, this puts a lot of pressure on NASCAR to make a rule change, which bleeds down to the teams because there's no way that nothing is done as a result of what happened with that car leaving the ground. What do you see from a rule change perspective? I mean, you're going to have to add more of those devices that, that when you turn around, they deploy and it keeps you on the, on the earth, right? And my, my problem was, like, he wasn't even all the way backwards yet when he took off. He was freaking sideways. So when you see air get under the car at that point, somebody's going to be sideways at Fontana Casey going going that fast. You know, I mean, I would assume he was going 180 miles an hour. So um, if we're leaving the earth that quick, 
when we get turned. Like, and, and again, this is all new to everybody. Brand new car. We got we got to learn as we go here. But I don't know what bleeds down from NASCAR to the teams from a rule change perspective. But if we don't see a rule change, I'll be really surprised at these bodies. I think I'm spot off for the car getting upside down. I hate seeing them get upside down. But I, too many unknowns happen. Well, when that happens, most of the flips, like even when we flipped in turn three at Talladega, it's almost like we were just we were sideways when we flip. You know, we're not really spinning it all the way around and doing that airplane you know, like, thing. Yeah. yeah, like they used to do. We're getting they're flipping from being straight sideways, and I don't know if there's ever going to be a way. I don't think there's a obviously there's not there's there, not there's no way we're going to foolproof this to where it never happens. But um, I, I am. I don't know if we talk about. I haven't seen anything about it, but I'm. Seem it seems like the car is getting actually pretty good safety ratings. Like I've seen, we've seen some pretty hard hits. Logano in a duel, hard hit. Logano hard hit. Um, Harrison's interview. I mean, the fact that he felt like everything was intact. I mean, that's at least a good sign considering this yeah, is the I, first time they're running in a pack. I mean, I think it's a good sign. We've seen a lot of things. You know, there was some people, a couple of you, were didn't think the call. You know, was worried about the Coliseum. And we went to the Coliseum, NASCAR knocked out of the park, and I'm happy to see all these guys leave Daytona. One of the fastest racetracks we go to. We've had some pretty severe wrecks there, and we're all racing next week. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Austin Cindric wins the Daytona 500 by running his teammate Ryan Blaney into the wall coming to the checkered flag. DJ. Spot on for it. But what I was just thinking of is... Joey in the duel, Ryan in the 500, Harrison in the 500. They're keeping Austin's car. That's four cars. Oh, they're, 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 keep, not, they're, they're not keeping, keeping the car. They're not keeping – okay. No, they're just going to wrap one to look like it. But yeah, they're oh, fake, back. fake it till you make it. Fake Dang, it. that's kind of – They have to, though. But car inventory is so low. Still. But, uh, hey, it's the Daytona 500. Um <laughs> I, I, I have not gone back and looked at a replay. I was watching it live. I was really surprised at how Blaney faded his move instead of making it really fast and crisp because I thought Blaney was in the best position to win the race when they came off a of turn four. And then when I saw him fade the move and, and kind of – and what I mean by fade is kind of take it slow when he made the move to the top. Um, you gave his spotter, you know, Doug Campbell, you gave the driver, Austin Cindric an opportunity to make that block – and look, run him into the wall. Hell, I'd run my mom into the wall when Daytona 500. Uh, but but like I think that Blaney wasn't crisp enough with his move to give himself a chance to beat it. Um, and then I honestly thought, well, hell, they're going to wreck each other, and Bubba's going to win, uh, and they almost did. So I think also before Freddie goes here, Blaney picked that position to be in. He was where he wanted to be. But one super smart thing that I can say that that Ryan did was. He put himself in a position to where even if something happened, one of them was going to win, you know, which is I think they I think was learned from the year before. So but that's, you know, it didn't work out for him, but the company won as a whole. So that's good. But, man, Blaney's been awfully close to that 500. Yeah. 
you know, I, I, you, you watch these guys work together to win the 500 like that, and you saw I, – I wonder if there wasn't a meeting that happened after Thursday night because they worked – completely against yeah. each other Thursday night. Uh, Loved it. You know, I'm sure you did. Uh, they, <laughs> you know, they had the perfect opportunity to, you know, Ryan shove Brad out and then drag back to Austin. And, and I'm sure in Ryan's mind, he had that race one at that point. He's got Brad out by two or three car lengths. He's got his teammate behind him. He's getting ready to get a big shove. And Austin pulls out and goes to the bottom. And Blaney's probably like, what the hell just happened? Uh, so, you know. But like you said, he chose that position. He chose – you see a lot of times at the end of these races, we saw it in the ARCA race on Saturday. You know, Venerini Motorsports has won five of these ARCA races in a row by doing stuff like this. Teammate restart at the end yep. where it's very easy to be selfish and say, no, we'll just run side by side for a lap and see who wins. These guys work together, push each other, get out front, and then, hey, let off a of four, pit road entrance, whatever it is, we're going to make a move and see if one of us – you know, make sure one of us wins the race. Um, but you know, like you said, Ryan, it, it takes a lot. I would have a hard time agreeing to that. It takes a lot to tell a guy, yes, I'm going to let you in front of me on the green white checker of a, the Daytona 500. Sure, buddy. I mean, it's and, great. And the reason why for me, when, when with that statement, Freddie, is because at the white flag, the race can be over. Like the minute you take the white flag, it can end if there's a wreck, and there's a solid chance there's going to be a wreck. And if you're letting him do that, you're telling yourself and your company, all right, look. I am going to help him get up to speed. We are going to get up to speed together. Guess what that takes? A full lap. So you're essentially saying, I'm, I'm giving up an opportunity to win this race to help us get up to speed. It's even worse in Arca because they don't do – it wasn't green, yeah, it was checker. green checker. It was green checker. Yeah. If I'm, running, if I'm second, I mean, I'm, I might take my chances on the outside. I'd probably jump the restart I, a little bit. I don't know that if – I wonder if the damage on our car played any factor into Ryan's thought process because if he's not 100% sure we can push him, at that, then he might think that that's the best option for him. Um, they but, worked together all day. I don't – I think that was planned. Oh, I think I'm sure. No, they, I mean, they said it on the radio. That and they, the bottom like, prevailed was, a lot on the restart. They said so. it was Ryan's idea. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I don't say it's the wrong idea. I think it's great. They made sure their team won. Uh, but man, it's the best idea for the company. Man, it's it's tough, it's to, tough to take it's for tough yourself. To do that, yeah. According to our friend Jeff Gluck, Blaney went to victory lane, congratulated every member of the number two car except Austin Cindric. Oh, that's the other question I had was, you know, you do that, you give the guy the lead, you push him down the front stretch, and then he runs you in the fence to take the checker, which I don't blame Austin for. We just talked about it's Daytona 500. You're going to wreck everybody and their brother to win that. But, you know, <laughs> I can see where Blaney would be a little bit frustrated. Second place had a 37.50% retention rate on the out- first car on the outside. Data. <laughs> Hashtag data. 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 Spot on, spot off. Ryan Blaney asked Austin Cindric to move down in front of him in, on the overtime restart. Then says off turn four on the final lap, he mm-hmm. wasn't going to make a move until I was 100% sure that one of our two cars was going to win. Touched on this a little bit. Freddie, spot on, spot off. I mean, same thing. Spot, spot on for them making sure they won the race. I mean, I thought Ryan I might be spot off right had now. Him, I thought he had him hooked, and I just needed him to hook him about ten percent more. <laughs> and uh, we just dove to the bottom and tried to make it work. But um, you know, it's it's good for them. They they did what they needed to do to win the race. Uh, Austin definitely did what he needed to do to win the race. 
I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. I mean, now does this affect the next time they want to do this? Is Ryan going to be signed up for you know for pushing Austin? He's you know he said all the right things in the media afterwards, but you know you hear that from Gluck, and it's what you know. There's like we talked about Thursday, he left him out to dry, and then Sunday he wrecked him to win the race. So, so there's two things here, though. There's obviously they're going to meet about it or whatever and talk about their races and stuff. And yeah, it's great if you're the comp. Hey, this is great for the company. Good job, guys. But are you there? I mean, what are you going to do? You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like, if it's you and Freddie, next time. Kick him in the balls is what I'm doing <laughs> if it's Freddie. Do not kick me in the balls. <laughs> I got kicked in the balls yesterday. I don't need it again today. What? I, I, here, here's oh. what I'm spot off about. Um, Ryan Blaney uh, was never 100%, 100% sure those two guys were going to win that race. It's the Daytona 500, and his teammate almost wrecked him. That's why he's butt hurt and he's mad he didn't speak to him at victory lane. So the 100% thing, I, I'm spot off on that comment for that reason because you were never 100% until you crossed the start finish line first. Yeah, I agree. I'm spot, uh, I don't know. I think it worked out great for the company. I think it didn't work out as how he wanted it to, but I mean, with a guy like Austin, I'm not sure I would have put him in in front of me and think I could pass him because I think you know he's probably gonna you're probably gonna he's gonna do whatever it takes to and he set the tone for that now too. The the president of Penske Racing is Austin's father. His name's Tim Sendrick. Uh, he's been in this sport and and a part of Penske Racing on the IndyCar side. Everything that Roger's done for for as long as I've been here, I can't imagine what it was like being the president of the company, watching your team, your people, your employees, and, oh, by the way, your, your son. son yeah. Because I get nervous when Bodie goes yeah. up to bat in a freaking 9U baseball game. You know, yeah. I never got nervous up to bat, but I get nervous for him. So I can't imagine being that guy at that moment in his professional career. Like, what what a great freaking yeah. story and a great moment for him and his mom. Yeah, it's been a great story with, with, with Tim bringing Austin. You know, Austin's worked his way up. You know, there was probably a point where – Maybe his first year in Xfinity where we weren't sure he was going to progress, and then he took off. So, And he put a lot of work in, too. I mean, I've seen – I was there when he was doing the work. So I've, I've been – I mean, I, I think I was – I got his first win with him. Dang, that's awesome. At the Glen. I, I mean, so. I remember when he – the first time I remember seeing Austin run, he was in a truck at Dover for Brad. Yeah. And he was – Lost. He was a road course guy at the time. Like, yeah, he was – seconds off the pace yeah. and i was like oh my god they're gonna stick this kid in this truck and like what are they doing and then, like even that day he picked up like two seconds throughout the day and you're like okay yeah. it's not bad but he's still way off but like he's probably one of the most improved oval oh, drivers that I, you, know, you see come yeah. in and struggle and then where he's at now obviously when he did and he's not like one thing that's surprising here is he's probably got more cup stars than what you think oh yeah so i don't know what the exact number is jason might know but i bet it's more than what you think yeah TJ wins duel one with Brad Keselowski while Joey Logano wrecked from the lead, trying to throw a block on the last lap of duel two. I'm assuming spot on, TJ. It was weird. I looked down there. Zero, you were it, spot off. It, spot off. It, <laughs> it was weird. I looked down there and like TJ was drinking a cup of tea. I didn't know they even had tea on the roof, but uh, he was the just, he was sitting down there. With, he was sitting down there with his feet up drinking tea. So it was, I, I guess he enjoyed pinky it. Up. Pinky yep. up. I mean, winning is always fun, so spot on. Spot on for winning. Spot on for winning. <laughs> so are you going to say about that? When, I mean, uh, when, listen. when you saw Joey make that late block and get wrecked, just like he did last year leading the Daytona 500, um, 
What percentage? I'm putting you on spot right here. What percentage oh, of I that knew coming. are you putting on the spotter versus the driver? Uh, there's no way he's, there's no way you clear that low. Like I don't I don't put much percentage on the spotter. I mean the honestly the driver's probably reacting before the spotter with their with their mirrors. Like Austin was probably reacting to Blaney moving at the end before it was even called. So he's watching the entire time, and he's just driving off of him. So, but we count the runs down from a timing perspective, or I do, right? Yeah, I'm assuming you do. You definitely, oh, for sure. You count the run down. You see it's when like he's you're laying dancing. back. Yeah, you see when yeah. he's laying back. He's coming, you know. But I don't, I don't put as much of it on the spotter right there because the very last, like the spotters are probably a little more conservative than the drivers are. I mean, no, not me. <laughs> well, you know, when I was working with Joey. I was probably – I was fairly aggressive, but I would say he was probably – Even more aggressive? 20% more aggressive than what I was. I think he's the most aggressive guy out there. That's why he keeps getting wrecked. Well, I mean, I agree. So, but, yeah, it wasn't um, – you know, I instantly hated it for the crew. I um I, I spotted for Daniel Hemrick, obviously, on Saturday. We dominated the first two stages. And, man, the, the two things that made me the most proud was not winning those two stages. What made me the most proud is – we had massive runs on Noel Gragson. We had a massive run on one of those RCR cars. And when they pulled down and got in our way, Daniel moved them. And it, yeah. it, it, it could have wrecked oh, us I too, watched. but it didn't. Uh, but that's what I was most impressed about because you can't put up with this crap. I mean, we, we talked about it last week with Justin Haley and, and Larson out in L.A., how Larson, you know, threw the temper tantrum and wrecked him. Like, if you start putting – Daniel Hemrick's the champ. Like, you're don't, I'm the champ. I'm coming. I got to run. Don't don't yeah. pull this late blocking crap with me. Like, that's what I was most impressed about working with Daniel. Um and, and set the tone. You got to set the set freaking the tone. tone. That's right. Yeah. Because the next time they won't do that. Yeah. And I, I mean, a lot of times aggressiveness, it, it gets you a long ways, but yeah. it also. It'll bite you. This, and he got bit by it right here. Yeah. And the, I guess the worst part about it to me is, is it was just a duel. Like we're all, everybody doesn't have, we don't have a shop full of all these cars. Just probably not the best decision at the time, and yep. I think he knew that afterwards. But I don't remember who Freddie's block was on coming out of four uh, on Sunday. But you threw you threw a really big block on the high side coming out of four. There was a guy trying to be crisp and get to your outside, man. You were really aggressive there. Like, you know, our job is to help these guys be aggressive, but ultimately, you know, when we're counting that run down three, two, one, half quarter, they know it's massive, and you better not pull out, right? Yeah. So, um, I, again, I think we just kind of set the tone here for what spotters play, what role we play in that crap. Because we do help them block. You know, and, and I, you know, I was talking to Jason Jarrett about this because he's, you know, teammate this year, 23-11. He's brought in for Kurt. And we are talking about this because he's got, he's got Josh Berry in the Xfinity Series. I have Landon Castle, obviously. And, like, I've worked with Landon before, but Landon's, like – Landon's last whatever 10 15 years of his career been he's time. been driving yeah his last competitive race was a long time yeah ago. Like, so like the way he's learned how to plate race for the last 15 years is way different than what he has to do now because yeah. you're not struggling it's kind of the same as Bubba like it's hard when, to relearn it. when we were in the 43 car we had to kind of make stuff happen now people want to, we have a fast car we can kind of make our own stuff happen and people want to work with us you know so you like as you're a spotter like me and Bubba we can I can say you know Hang a right, and he's going right. You know what I mean? And it's just the trust factor. It's what I don't have to say anything more than one time, or I kind of already know what he's thinking, what he's going to do, where he wants to go. Same as, you know, anybody that's worked with anybody for a while, you and Clint, you and Elliot. Um, you know, so 
but you don't have that. Like me and Landon missed a couple moves on Saturday just for the fact that we haven't been working together for six or seven yeah. years. And and Landon, you know, he kind of favors a certain lane, and and I was trying to get him in a different one, and you know, we kind of just weren't on the same page to start out with. But you see that with obviously you say new spotters. Doug goes out and wins the race on Sunday. But, you know, it's something – these other spotters, it's – got to be aggressive. And then when you're aggressive, you've got to have a driver that trusts your, you know, your ability. Yeah, and I will say at the end of that, that's – Austin had his mind made up that he was coming up. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. he was he was either going to get turned into the wall and lose the 500 or he was going to win the 500. I wish he would have. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, like, nothing against it. But that's not – like, that's the driver deciding. Oh, yeah, no. You know, Austin did what he had to do to win that Ford's race. Ford's dominated – dominated the cup races down there all right moving on fine with me hey are you spot on or spot off you're not allowed to be anything but i'm spot on for you TJ. i'm spot on for you i, I, told you, I was you. i was happy to see you down there drinking <laughs> oh brett tweets that the duels need an overhaul brett why well, am I spot on or spot <laughs> off for my own statement look we man, know you're spot on look i'm i'm spot on um the duels have changed so much, and this could be its own freaking segment of the show. I'm, I mean, literally. But we used to go down there with 60-plus cup cars trying to make a 43-car field, and we would send really good cars home. And then they came up with a provisional system where the top 25 cars were locked in. And, and we had all these different rules that have changed over the year, now, years now. With 36 guys out of 40 being locked in, we the only thing we really have to gain in the duel is a starting spot and the thing we care the least about in the Daytona 500 at this point is a starting spot so you're not going to go down there and see us race like crazy now NASCAR's smart enough to know that so what do they do they incentivize you with points okay well that's awesome but points don't outweigh the fact that we need to keep a car that we need to run in two weeks at Las Vegas in our inventory or Phoenix or wherever we go after Fontana, right? So, so, so they've got to go back and look at this because, man, again, L.A., tons of buzz. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, amazing races. Thursday, if, I'm a, if I came out of L.A., a new fan, which I think, hey, we had over 4 million viewers watch that race, an exhibition race. That's a lot of freaking viewers. If I've gained new fans and then my new fan turns on that TV and watches us right around single file for 60 laps, you're going to lose them because it's not exciting. We're not wrecking. We're not racing. We're not three wide. We're not doing all the things that Daytona as a racetrack can do. And I don't have the answer for this, but the duels in my mind as of this past Thursday – should be extinct. We got to figure something else the, out. The the duels just become very predictable. It is a single file line or very tame draft for thirty laps. Then we all get on our own pitch strategy, and then it is all small packs of manufacturers cars that run around five cars, four cars, whatever it is at a time. And there's some guys that are out there just riding because they know they're in the race. You know, like you said, they gave us points. So, but it's still you're not going to wipe your car out to get three points. Um, you know, I think, I've, you know, it's, it's hard because, for one, I don't even think we need them anymore. You're only sending two guys home. But if we want to overhaul it, if you want to do what Brett says, overhaul it. Just let them guys have a 10-lap race. Make it a B-main. Don't make it – don't put everybody out there. Make it – you know, we'll lock the top 30 in on time, and then you guys, the last 15 of you, are racing your asses off for these last whatever it is, you know, 13, 14 spots. Make that because that'll be exciting because then they've got to race each other. You know, you've got to go. You can't ride around because now if you don't get in the top 10 or whatever you're going to take, you're out of the Daytona 500. So, yeah, you know, 
lock and in Kaz certain got, guys. But and Kaz got in because of timing. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He was close. He too. he got in because because JJ got lapped first. Or uh, how'd it work? No, Kaz got lapped first, and then Kaz got lapped first. Yeah, so Kaz sped was on pit road. Kaz was behind the guy that was actually in, but got to the got in the draft when it caught him faster, and it pulled him by the other guy. At the yeah, end. JJ. JJ, yeah. what do you think? Um, I don't know. I, I, I like the duels, but they're just um, man. When you run them and you got a good car, and you know you don't really, you you, can, you don't want to tear it up. Like an example is Alex Bowman. Five years in a row in the front row. He he has missed five years of experience from the duels because they haven't really raced it. As soon yeah. as they got past, they'd drop anchor and get out of it. It's great, but he's not learning. You know, so I think you know if if you want to if you want to continue with the duels and continue to have them the same way where we just line up odds and evens or however we do it now with the with the open cars, make them shorter, eliminate the pit stop because yeah. that that. That's what breaks up your field. It could really be a 30-lap race. Yeah. There's no reason to have a pit stop in that race, not especially now with a one-lug we, deal. We, we just said at the start of the show we didn't know what to expect going into the Daytona 500. I think that played we into ran it, a, too. We, we ran 120 laps on Thursday, and we didn't know what to expect on Sunday because we didn't race. And guess what's going to happen next year? We're still not going to race because it's I exactly think, um, what Freddie said. I think it gets better from here, though, because we all started that first race, and we were like – Okay, how's this? Because we really haven't had a. Yeah, but these duels have been—they've been going downhill for years. We, I like, we really, look an overhaul. Is, an, over, an overhaul is what you guys just said. Make it thirty laps. Make it where you don't have to pit. I would that make it a little it. bit shorter, and I would make it. I would put more incentive on leading laps. I wouldn't go back and do what we just did again ever. What it, if you got a point extent. for every lap led? Again, overhaul. That's an overhaul. I mean, that'd make people try, wouldn't it? It's an overhaul. We need to go back to that. We need to give points for laps led anyway. If you lead a lap, you should get a point. Yeah, I liked that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spot on, spot off. A new driver council led by Jeff Burton forms and reasons include having a scattered minority voice in planning the next-gen car. TJ. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I just – I like Jeff Burton. I think he's a very um, knowledgeable guy and, a, and a, a good influence in the sport. But I don't know if we've ever seen these groups really, really stay together and work, have they? You probably know more than I do about well, it. But. Well, I mean, we've never seen these guys kind of form their own group, right? I mean, a driver council to me was was different than what this is. I mean, I, this isn't a quote union, but I am spot on for anything that the drivers can do to centralize their efforts because which way is driver pay going? Down. Down. Yeah. Down. It's going down, right? <laughs> I mean, you got cup guys. It's not bad still. Uh, I mean, depends okay. On you if you know, if you, you want to be Harrison Burton for a little bit of money, 
I yesterday mean, upside down the Daytona 500. I'm just saying, like, it, I mean, it's 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 still a dream job. I'm not saying that. Yes, but when you look at the amount of sponsorship that is on, look, man, there's a lot. You know, people talk about all the time open races on you know Kevin Harvick's car. Okay, he's got three, so he's got 30 sold out at freaking four, five, six hundred thousand dollars a race. So when you have that kind of sponsorship coming in, and the driver's salaries have gone down to what they've come down to. Um, Man, I'm, I, I have been on the driver management side of the sport. I've done a lot of contracts and a lot of different series for a lot of different folks. And I am a huge fan of this because when they had all the safety concerns in this new car, the drivers didn't know what was going on. They didn't have a seat at the table, and they deserve that. They deserve to be a part of every single conversation. And stick and ball sports, the players' associations and the unions and all those things that exist are there to literally almost protect your rights as a person here in this sport. You know, I have been an independent contractor my entire life as a spotter. This sport gives nothing to me for the rest of my life. I've spotted for over 24 years. Had I been in any other major league sport, I would have a massive retirement. I would have health insurance the rest of my life once I hit 50. I would have all these things. Our sport doesn't give that back to us. They leave it on us as individuals, and drivers are the exact same. None of those guys are employees to these teams. They're all providing a driving service, right? The four ways drivers make money, base salary, percentage of winnings, T-shirt sales, and endorsements. And this gives those guys a seat at the table on everything related to competition if – here's the here's the question – if NASCAR will let them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at it right now, baseball's shut down. Because the the two sides, MLB and the Players Association, are, are not agreeing with each other. They you know they're protecting the rights of their players, um, and 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 we saw it last year. You know, obviously, and we, everybody knows this, and we've learned it sometimes that you know if you speak out against the sanctioning body, that they're gonna they're gonna crack down on you. So a lot of drivers didn't maybe voice their concerns, but Ryan Newman at Phoenix, when he knew he probably wasn't coming back next year. He voiced some pretty big concerns about, you know, lack of information that they were getting about the cars, lack of information about the safety of the cars. I mean, Denny Hamlin's probably been the biggest advocate, I yeah. think. You hear him everywhere. A thousand percent Denny Hamlin wanted – He's I, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this because I love Denny. I won't make it mad. He's wanted this for a very long time. He's wanted it to, to happen. The, the weird thing is, Casey, now though for Denny Hamlin is he's got to wear two hats because now he's also the owner and a driver, right? So what he wanted as a driver, he might not want to see happen – as an owner. And, and we talked about, you know, you talk about safety concerns and, and, and this, like you said, gives them a centralized voice of look at the stuff that happened yesterday. You know, cars getting upside down. Tires are falling off. Now this is something that they can get together and they want to know they're going to go to NASCAR and make sure. I mean, obviously NASCAR is going to address it. But these guys can now go there and hold them accountable, like Brett said, if NASCAR will listen to them. What, what do you think Rick Ware's charters are worth right now? I'll tell you what they're worth. They're worth at least $10 million. Yeah, say starting at Guess 10. what? What do you think he pays his drivers? Uh, maybe four, four mil. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and, and shout out to Rick Ware Racing. Robbie Benton is over there now running up their competition yeah. stuff, and I, we've seen some major improvements already a couple races top, in. Top but, 10 but, yesterday. But my point is these teams have sponsorship. These, these teams have more value on paper than they've ever had because they own a charter. We didn't used to have that, right? So – and again, it's going the right way for ownership. It's going the wrong way for drivers. So my my thing with the with the driver deal is before it seemed to get too that it was too biased for per what their what they felt their cars needed. Well, one guy felt like he need, he wanted to go this way because that was how he was faster. You know, it wasn't. I'm all for a driver council for safety things, all the things like that. But when it comes to uh, you know some certain things and 
maybe you can remember some examples because I don't have any offhand, but there was it was seemed to be too. They they were trying to get advantage, and their league minimums in every single professional sport except ours. Everyone, every every other sport, right? And I mean, Jamie Murray and I talked about this years ago. There was a point when Cup drivers occupied the majority of the Bush Series seats back then. Well, guess what? That limited that limited the the, the up and coming guy to even get an opportunity to get a part time ride to be able to showcase his his talent to drive. So at that point in their lives, those drivers had a monopoly um, on, on the sport in terms of they had all the Cup seats. And damn near three quarters of the Bush Series. Yeah, it was huge. That's not the case now. So when you 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 we open talk it up, about it all the time. On the we're, show. we're doing the opposite now, right? We got all these guys in the Xfinity Series that that are wanting to get to the Cup Series, and if those Cup Series guys are not performing, boom, they're out. But when those guys come in, they're coming in and making peanuts in a lot of scenarios. And oh, that's, for sure. And Compared that's, to, I mean, dude, times are different. I, I, I mean, look, I saw rookies. In, in the early 2000s with higher base salaries than what some of these guys are coming in at with their cap. In other words, if a rookie came in and made a million bucks, boom, he was going to make that, you know, they were going to send him you know, $80,000, whatever the hell it was, uh, a month until they paid him his million buck base fee. Now they're capping these guys. You come in as yeah. a rookie, okay, no matter what, if you win the Daytona 500 and you got a $500,000 cap on your contract, well, guess what? You ain't gonna make another dollar after you leave Daytona if yeah. you're in that scenario, right? <laughs> so it's just, I, I'm a, you know I'll say this for the millionth time. Huge fan of this. Speaking of Daytona 500, was Mike Joy talking about me yesterday? Well, yes. he talks about how you just can't shut up on the podcast, which is pretty accurate. <laughs> there was a restart where oh they were going to play your in-car audio, and then Bubba was already clear early on on that restart. He didn't and so say anything. So it was, was like, kind no. of an awkward pause, and Mike you know, was going to be like, you know what, let me give Freddie a shout-out here. So he said Freddie talks all the time when he does that podcast. <laughs> well, I can't argue with him. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I was, that was still one of the most disappointing podcasts I've ever been a part of. What do you mean? You guys were supposed to argue and stuff, and we you did. come on. No, you come on there and we're like, oh, Mike, oh, you're great. I think you were conf- confused yourself with what you said all show. <laughs> I didn't even say anything. Oh, I was say, I'm sorry, you're right. You didn't say a word. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I listened to the bromance. I don't think that's how it went, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I, by the way, I love Mike, just so you know. I know. I love Mike. I heard I, it. I love Mike when I told him he was full <laughs> of You guys see where they're, uh, they're, Matt Kenseth is going to do a race in the booth? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. I think, yeah, that's going to be awesome because he, he's a witty, funny he's got guy. Weekend, witty, right? dry sense of yeah, humor. Yeah, I'm Fontana. Yeah. Please and then, there, and, then and then Danica's doing it. <laughs> and Danica's doing a couple after that. How So, I'm going to ask you guys this. This is made for Casey and, and Jason, obviously. Um, I've seen Twitter was blown up with a lot of complaints about commercials a lot of complaints about camera angles again uh what do you guys think of the race broadcast you want to go first it's the same can i just ask one question while y'all think or get your thoughts together there because neither one of you are ready to talk i'm ready i saw a tweet that there was a five minute and 26 Mm -hmm. second commercial break is that true i don't remember that but there was the constant so holy cow that's a long time it was, yeah, there were a lot of commercials, but I also know the value the Daytona 500 brings to sponsors when you do a commercial. I know what the media buy is. It is a lot of money, and they want to make sure that they're going to make money. Um, I have to say, 
there were a lot of commercials, but they did a great job at the end when it was like, like tension was picking up of going nonstop where you always knew that something was going on. You always, you saw all the coverage. Um, there were quite a few commercials, but I think it, it might be just the same as normal. It just felt like a lot, but I assume yeah. it's Daytona 500. You have a lot more people watching. You sold a lot more ads. You have to it's, put more in, but there was also less cautions. I feel like throughout the race, but we had this yeah. issue last year too, where people minute, were complaining I mean, yeah. about a lot of uh, commercials, but it also has to, has to depend on the number of cautions. If, there's not a lot of cautions. It's good. They yeah. can't get enough. But they have to get them all in. The only thing that, that I did from a competition perspective is because of the lack of cautions, when we would have a caution and it could have been a shorter caution, I knew it wouldn't be a shorter caution. Like, I knew we wouldn't be like, okay, quickie yellow, one to go, blah, 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 blah. They needed that extra three or four minutes of pace laps to get those ads in and get those in-car cameras on TV. And look, guys um, – Fox has got Fox made a gigantic investment to come and be a part of, of televising the sport. It's the way they get their money back. It's business. We've talked about this before on this show. Those in-car camera buys yesterday, eighty grand a pop. You got to get those sponsors on TV, or they're not going to come back and, and, and do an in-car camera. Right? In-car cameras aren't free. So I think the the longest commercial was during the red flag too. Yeah. So they they made it work. But I have I have to give props I, to Tony. I, he was. Awesome. Was he? And I wasn't mad about that red flag for that reason. I was like, man, let's stop the race. Let's clean the racetrack up. Let's don't click off five or six pace laps. Yeah, riding around right here. Riding around is not much. Uh, fun. Let, let's go sell some ads. And, and I mean, look, man, I, I, I wish our commercials during the Daytona 500 were as celebrated as they are during the Super Bowl. And I don't know how, from a marketing perspective, we get to that point. But if we were, people wouldn't be about them so much. Yeah. Our friend Jeff Gluck made another good point on his podcast that now that F1's growing popularity, more people watching F1, no commercials. Now watching NASCAR, it's more obvious how many commercials there are that break up the race. And while F1, you just watch it continuously. Yeah. Nice Lewis Hamilton shirt, Brett. Thanks. Spot on, spot off. Jeff Gordon says he wants drivers like Chase Elliott to step outside of their comfort zone and become mainstream like he was. Brett. I think I think this is a supply and demand issue, Casey. You know, I look at uh, I look at Michael Waltrip, right? Uh, I don't think he raised his hand and said, "I want to do Dancing with the Stars." I think they asked him, and he had the uh, ability to say yes, right? I tell my kids all the time, it's important to be comfortable being uncomfortable because if you're a dancer on stage like my girls, or you're an athlete like Bodie is, people are looking at you, and some people aren't comfortable in that situation. So you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, you know, Chase, if Chase Elliott was asked to be on The Bachelor, would he do it? Um, would, I think if, a lot if, of people would hope he would. If, if, if Chase Elliott – but that's the thing, right? Are they asking him to do that? Because I don't know if, if Chase Elliott's marketing department, um, and I don't even know who that is, if they're making that phone call to ABC to say, hey, my guy wants to be The Bachelor, right? So um, there's only two ways for it to happen. You either get asked or you have to pitch it, and I don't know how active our sport is right now is pitching some of this thing, these things. Um, but I'm all for it, man. Look, Jeff Gordon – a lot of drivers change the game in our sport. Richard Petty changed the game. Dale Earnhardt changed the game. Like when you look at David Pearson, he was one of the greatest race cars to ever live. He didn't change the game. Um, he he didn't make us go up another notch, right? Jeff Gordon, when he got here, for whatever reason, I mean, he's from Vallejo, California. 
Grew up in Indiana, but Hollywood fell in love with this guy. Uh, I mean, I, I was at the Maxim Magazine Super Bowl party, and he knew every single celebrity. <laughs> I bet it was in sucked. Jacksonville, Florida. It did suck. It was an awful <laughs> night. Uh, I met Katie Holmes, by the way. She was not married to Tom Cruise yet. But anyway, like every celebrity in that room, Casey knew who Jeff Gordon was. And, and, and I knew a lot of – I mean, Derek Jeter and Dale Jarrett were good friends. Like, I mean, you just I, – I don't know that the sport – you know, kind of lost his marketing prowess for a few years, but but we're getting it back. And Luke Combs is—he loves to be a part of NASCAR, man. I mean, we've seen him at races, just hanging out. So, I, I don't know how you how you do that, but Jeff Gordon is smart enough to know how to do it, right? If he makes a phone call on Chase Elliott's behalf, or William Byron's behalf, or who's ever behalf at Henry Motorsports, and he asks for a favor, he's probably going to get it. Please go on The Bachelor because that would be. Amazing. That's the only freaking show in the world where a dude can go on there and make out with a hundred girls and not be a. <laughs> like if 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 we were in high school and we made out with three girls in the same night, you were just a complete. <laughs> and, and this guy can go on TV and just semi sleep. Do he does soft love, porn. Okay? He, oh yeah, I mean that was most let's of Pageland. Do, let's do soft porn with twelve girls in the same night. Oh, <laughs> this guy's so great, he's so popular. Oh my God, he's a hunk. Okay. Uh, on. <laughs> Quick point: Freddie and Bubba's uh, Netflix show comes out this week, so that'll be a little bit mainstream attention. I think it's uh, February twenty second. Have you seen any of it? Any clips? I have not seen any clips. I've heard think, it's great. Do you uh, think you're in it, Freddie? Uh, yeah, I hope so because I filmed about a three hour interview for it. So if not, I'll be upset. But uh, no, yeah. Uh, but just going back to this, you know, I think Denny had a good tweet about you, you, you talk about being comfortable with being uncomfortable. You cannot make guys do something that they don't want to do. You know, like. Chase, for some reason to me, and I, you know, I know Chase a little bit, um, his personality feels like it clashes with his popularity. Like, I feel like Chase is kind of like, like keeps a tighter circle, doesn't really like to really project himself out there. And here he is, the most popular driver in NASCAR for the last 10 years. You know, he's obviously doing something right. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, well, I'm not taking it. Can we wrong. say hashtag bloodline? Yeah. That's, the, I mean, that's, <laughs> well, the, that's one of the biggest things. Like, look what else he's doing. I mean, the kid runs he was running midget races and he's never run midget oh, races yeah, before like he's doing more just not necessarily running mainstream. midget races is making him the most popular driver running a f-ing midget race but he's, ain't making, making he's, him he's making himself accessible to you know, people who are at the track. i don't i hate to say this because i don't want to give him credit because he usually he has a lot of ideas and usually they're bad but brett did have one good idea that like we need to go into these cities that we're racing in and have a party on whatever thursday night you know, go rent out some big event hall or, or club or whatever and, and kind of make these drivers go. Now, you don't have to go sit on the fan's lap and get in a mosh pit with them. But if you go, you know, just be there and let the fans see you. Let the fans see you, like, letting loose and hanging so, out. So, similar to, like, leading into the playoffs when they did media events in Chicago. and Yeah, just, like, just. No, not media no, events. No, not media no, no, no. Like that's the worst event. thing. Just, we can a, do. just a, just a concert, event. you know, yeah. p- p- whatever it is. Tommy Baldwin and I. Tommy Baldwin didn't have a ride home last night in the airport. Obviously, Daytona 500 winning crew chief Tommy Baldwin. So he and I uh, had a 40 minute car. I dropped him off at his house last night. Um, like he and I were talking about the good old days, and we literally said, "Man, we had the best air because we got to do all the fun things and still race." These guys don't know how to have fun. These people aren't going to know who they are in their personal life. Chase Elliott, like Freddie said, if he's keeping that small private circle, which is fine, that's his right to do that. Um, Jimmy Johnson uh, was one of the most fun dudes out there, but it may, maybe Hendrick has suppressed their brands too much. I don't know what it is, right? Jimmy was. Um, 
I mean, look at TJ. Once he left Penske, his brand, he's back. He's back oh, this delightful, beautiful human being to be around again. <laughs> I don't um, know about that. You sucked for the last three years. Um, but I, I don't Five. know how you, how you fix all that. But, but Jeff Gordon's a freaking genius. He's a marketing genius. 100%. Agreed. You know, uh, just Tommy Baldwin. Go back to Tommy Baldwin. Um, so, Doug Campbell won the race yesterday. I finished second. And Joey Campbell, Doug's brother, finished third. All three of us, Tommy Baldwin, gave us our first job in the Cup Series. And watching him run down the roof last night, jumping up and down, hugging us and, and celebrating was, was something I will never – even though last night sucked losing, that's something I won't ever forget about last night. Yeah, that was cool. The fans will never know about those Daytona trips and stuff, will they? No. Yeah. They'll never – I mean, it was a no. But, that, but that's the thing, man. Like, I mean, if you look back at, at Dale Jr., right, obviously um, he was a very popular driver, period, already. Uh, won cup races, and then his dad died. He got even more popular. But even through all that, he did not become a hermit for a long time. Like, he lived, uh, we lived, he lived a very outward life. I mean, he went out all the time. Fans saw him out. He bought him shots. Like, that <laughs> helps the popularity of a guy to know that you're one of the people, right? We went out. We were in – where Kid Rock? Was that Vegas? That was Vegas. So, we'd go out in Vegas with Kid Rock, you know, and and, Clint, and, and just being in a club with – you're nowhere near anybody. He had his own table, went way away from everybody, but just the people that just gravitated towards him oh, yeah. just so they can see him, just so they can – oh, holy – there's Kid Rock. That's, but, that's what you want. And you fans know? say, I partied with Kid Rock last night. Yeah, that's yeah, what oh, it, yeah I was with Kid Rock. That's you are, what it you used to be like, though, with our away. drivers. <laughs> yeah. Like, we used to go – I mean, in Daytona, you go to Razzles or something, and yeah, Razzles, <laughs> Razzles was the spot, man. It Baby was. Boomers in the Poconos, the Dutch Inn in Martinsville, the yeah, Sheraton the in Dover, I Delaware. Think, I think those things, you know, this is a COVID era, though. I do like. No, that okay, is not listen, the problem. Listen, Even before COVID, that has it was nothing to do with but, it. But but there were more opportunities before COVID because I remember planning those events. We were I talking about this those before events. COVID. Yeah, they need to let me plan the events. Make them fun. Obviously, your events worked out great, Casey. (laughs) You don't even know what events I planned. Great news. Our friends at RacingUSA.com, Google's top-rated source for NASCAR merchandise, is sponsoring our podcast again this year. RacingUSA.com has a wide assortment of driver diecasts, apparel, hats, helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers. For example, RacingUSA.com has more than 350 different collectible diecast cars available for 34 different drivers. And after yesterday, TJ, they could make wreck diecast cars thanks yeah. to you and Brad Kozlowski. But it does include, they do have this week's, freaking this weekend's Daytona 500 winning diecast of Austin Cindric. RacingUSA.com is truly unique. Items in your cart are automatically discounted. You are guaranteed the lowest pre-order prices. Your in-stock orders are shipped the next business day. You can select from a wide assortment of the newest officially licensed items, many of which are exclusive to RacingUSA.com. Each week you can enter to win any in-stock 124-scale diecast car of your choice by going to RacingUSA.com backslash contest. We will also be making a major announcement at RacingUSA.com in the next few weeks. We can't wait to tell you more about it, but for now, our lips are sealed. And it's big, real big, big, Freddy big, 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 big. Freddie, <laughs> big, my couch big. Uh, we cannot encourage you enough to support RacingUSA.com, whose support allows us to bring you this podcast each week. I can't wait to make that announcement. People are going to have a heart attack. Whenever you need a new hat, t-shirt, die-cast, helmet, or novelty to show your support for your favorite driver, Visit RacingUSA.com, where you're always somebody special.
Yeah, this is Andrew. I am the Brett Griffin Fan Club President of the Indiana Chapter. Finally! Yes! Way to go, Josh! Way to go! The data tells me that Bubba still sucks. Freddie, you can't see I just want to say, I'm not drunk. My great-grandma outrunned him, and she's 98. Reaction Theater rolls in three, two, one. Just got done watching the duels, and my one takeaway, TJ's not the balking Joey is. F*** you, Joey. Go, Brad. Go, TJ. Go get him on Sunday, bud. Yep. Oh, we did. Uh, you got him. <laughs> All of them. You em. got him. You got about 20 of them. This guy pumped me right up for that. And he's going to shoot you back down. Ha, ha, ha. yeah. F*** you, Joey Legato. That's what you get, you blocking mother. Ha, ha, ha. Good job, TJ. You won your first <laughs> duel race with Brad Logano. And your old driver wrecked oh. blocking these dumbass. <laughs> Have another. Yeah. So you're saying Joey Logano blocked somebody on the last lap of a race that ultimately doesn't mean anything? I don't believe it. I can't believe you would block somebody and possibly wreck yourself when there are hardly any spare parts for cars backup cars available at all i don't know what's lower joey's car number or his damn racing iq get a brain son okay he doesn't like joey there's been a few of them the tide will why did i just watch tj majors replacement talk to fox tj you suck yeah tj I guess, did Coleman do the whole broadcast? What was he doing on Saturday? He was. Yeah, I think so. It was like in and out. He would. They He'd would just pop in, give an opinion or something. Yeah. And then, well, first of all, I was working now that I'm allowed to work on Xfinity cars. You know, I'm trying to enjoy these commercials, but this auto race just keeps interrupting it every five minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing here? All jokes aside, come on, Fox. If you're trying to grow the sport, get on the F1 train. Commercial free broadcast. Enough said. <laughs> That's pretty good. How do they I, auto so, race? I, obviously, F one races are shorter, but like, is that one sponsor paying that much money? Like, it's there's one there's like Mother's Wax or something is always in the bottom yeah. corner. I think ESPN got a really good deal to broadcast, or they don't pay anything. Their it's ratings like, in America still aren't no anything. It's, so it's, it's uncomparable. Cheap. It's still cheap. Yeah. Hey TJ, do you have a special button inside of your headset that tells Brad to wreck the guy in front of him? Just curious. But that that strategy almost worked for you. Who's your favorite driver, buddy? <laughs> Ricky Stenhouse. Oh, there could be it could be twenty five guys. That's uh, just two. <laughs> I would just like to say this: it's no wonder to me now that Brad Keselowski has never won a day twenty five hundred because you cannot criticize people for making late blocks and criticize the way that they drive these super speedways if you're going to be right on someone's ass with a new car coming out of the corners. TJ, you f-ing suck. <laughs> Guy's an idiot. He's back. He's an idiot. Are all these about TJ? I like this I segment. I couldn't find a single one that wasn't about TJ. <laughs> Listen, when when when, Legato, when Brad wins and Legano Rex, there's there's probably 15 calls right easily. Probably more than that. Keep it up, TJ. Let's look at the segment I mean, rolling. All I had nothing. We usually to, don't have 12 calls. I had so nothing to do with the first theater. three calls. Just so you guys. Know. Brought to you by TJ Majors. No, brought to you by the. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Hey TJ, how many 
f***ing times does Harrison Burton have to be f***ing sideways coming off the corner before you relate to Brad? Hey, how about let's not push this guy? I mean, it's basically common sense. We haven't reached the end of stage one. You're dumping people off the corner. TJ, you suck. Common sense would be that the guy sitting in the seat can see it before I can. Oh, I think you should have said easy here, Brad. You're you're getting him Brad, loose. Let's go to the back. Oh, Brad, yeah, you're about that, to cause another big wreck. That wasn't going to happen. I freaking hate Austin Cindric. One guy, I, I'd rather Kyle Busch win, Joey Logano win, anybody but Austin Cindric. Dude, that, man, why? Why NASCAR gods? Is it because it's Penske's birthday? <laughs> Was it Pinsky's birthday? It was yeah, it was Rogers', Rogers birthday, eighty fifth. Oh, why? I mean, I don't. I, mean, I don't know what Austin would have done. Yeah, what Austin? Wonder, wonder how billionaire celebrates his eighty fifth birthday after winning the Daytona five hundred. I would like to congratulate Kyle Razzles. <laughs> I would like to congratulate Kyle Busch on actually finishing the Daytona five hundred. Though, hey, I will say one thing: we probably haven't <laughs> talked about much. Roger Pinsky and Razzles may be the best thing I've ever <laughs> had in my mind. Right there, <laughs> um, is how how good the rookies were ran. In the first race, I mean, you had Harrison, and I know Harrison was doing a hell of a job. Austin up there, until somebody run right through the back of them. <laughs> but just saying, overall, the rookies were competitive. They were good. All spotters sound the same. Hold the break. Did you see? <laughs> did you see Chasm's tweet with Joey? So uh, Joey Campbell spotting for Briscoe now, and uh, they missed a wreck. But Joey just said low, like. Four thousand times in two seconds. So then he did the old. He did all the lyrics style, you know, yeah. apple bottom jeans. And then Shorty said, oh, "Shorty got." And then they just la 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 la. <laughs> all right, last one. Please don't push me, Brad Keselowski. I see you in my mirror, but I don't want you to help me at all. Please don't wreck me, Brad Kazalowski. <laughs> Appreciate the help, but I don't want you to put me in the wall. Oh, he's going to try to help. There he is, I see him back there. But as soon as he tries to help me, my ass is upside down in the air. Oh, please, Brad. <laughs> Don't try to push me, Brad Kazalowski. <laughs> I know TJ Major sucks and he ain't gonna help you at all. <laughs> it's funny, like it, there was an Xfinity Series package that was really fragile years and years ago, and uh, the the spotters would come down and you know be like, "Hey man, tell them to stop pushing me." I'm like, "Why don't you just pit and get the yeah. out of the pack if you're scared?" Like, can't take the heat, get yeah, out of the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you still cost two big wrecks. I didn't cause any wrecks. <laughs> there's no I in team. No, yeah. It's true. Oh, but there's a me. <laughs> these are great. To leave an audio message 24-7, go to anchor.fm slash clear and click the message icons. We'll keep playing the best ones each week on the show. TJ, you suck. <laughs> oh, we're going to start that, Casey. <laughs> Offer pad, question of the week. Where's your favorite place to have a drink in your home? Freddie. This is probably going to be very hard for a lot of people to believe, but I 
better. Don't really drink at my house oh. by myself at all. Like, Brett knows this, but, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm more of a social butterfly, I guess you could say. You uh, that. I don't, I mean, I have a house full of liquor and usually a house full of beer, but I just never, I never really felt the urge to come home and have a drink. I know somebody does, and he can tell you where he likes to drink. And it's, I like to drink in Brett's kitchen often, <laughs> if that helps, but, uh, yeah, not really anywhere. If I'm going to have a drink in my house, it's probably in my kitchen or my garage, but usually get in the garage and play a bunch of drinking games when people are over but uh yeah i don't really sit home and drink at all right rpg room <laughs> the rpg room that's what it's still called even though i want to rebrand it but it's an rpg room <laughs> what actually happens in that room now like currently um mainly just like a place so i mean i i i have two daughters yeah and they're gonna start having friends over so it's a hangout. So you want and their them friends to go are there? Gonna have do funnies. TikTok studio. And I'm not gonna let their friends go upstairs in my home and do God knows what <laughs> in my house. So the RPG room, it just so happens I can see that room from just about every other room downstairs. Um, so the, the 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 there's a there's a couch and a TV and a bunch of bourbon in that room. Oh yeah, because you're never gone. <laughs> You don't travel. He probably you has don't travel or anything. I'm going to do what you do and put cameras in there. <laughs> Why well, do I have an RPG with, with a speaker to where I can key up and talk hey. to them and scare the <laughs> out of them? <laughs> uh, I would probably say the kitchen. Um, yeah, I don't have an RPG room, but I might have to get one with a lot of cameras as my you know kids get older. So we'll see how this goes. This will be the trial. Yeah, you just wait. I, I am waiting. I'm waiting to see. <laughs> How yours works out here. Joby called me from Daytona. Dad, can I go over to John's house? And oh. I'm like, oh, no. no. No, hold on. Like, this is the. Different John. Like, John Crab. Uh, <laughs> I was like, this is not happening. She's asking to go over to a boy's What'd you say? house. I puked. Did you uh, say yes? She did not go over there. I don't. I, I let her go. I what? mean, what am I going to do? Can't put her in a freaking bubble. Like, How old is she? she? I love her dad. I trust her like, and all those things. But it just it sucks to be a dad and be at that point in your life. She's 15, and she's a freshman in high school. Oh, and I know what I was trying to do. <laughs> I don't know what you're laughing about. It ain't going to be long. <laughs> I got at least four years. No, no. You just wait, bro. You just wait. Uh, yeah. Listen, it's, uh, it's as a dad. Oh, it makes me like, Every yeah, dad listening go. to this show can relate to this. Who was the little boy? I shouldn't say little boy. It was a couple of years ago. But <laughs> you had this kid scared to death. It was like her Greg first Alden. little boyfriend or yeah, whatever. Andrew. Andrew. This kid was scared to death of Brett. And Brett was not helping the cause at all. Have you seen like that? Uh, <laughs> when Jamie says it, she's like, all my friends are so scared of you. And I'm like, I, don't, I really don't know why, do you, but I'm glad. Do you have mm. to meet like every guy that she wants to well, I hang met, out with. I haven't met this dude, but Claudia's met him and Claudia actually so I mean this is me being from South. I'm like, go to his house. Yeah. Meet his parents. Like make sure that this thing ain't nothing weird going on at this guy's house. And Jovi's freaked out. Well no none of my other friends, you know, parents uh, do that. I'm like, well yeah. guess what? You're doing it. I'm, I'm I'm doing it. So did you see that video? Well that's that's when she's gonna start lying and say she's going no, to another there won't person. Be no lying. I mean, yeah, you, you can go mm-hmm. to the You John's say that house. now. Oh, the moment me. you walk in I was the door, a teen too. You're gonna FaceTime and you're gonna prop the phone up. <laughs> We're gonna FaceTime the entire time you hang out with John. <laughs> and then <laughs> Have you um have you seen that video where the guy the girl's like hey with her boyfriend and she goes hey I want you to act like you're meeting my dad for the first time I want to see what it's like <laughs> he walks in and he goes hey good evening sir oh obviously we have the same nickname your dad she calls me daddy and I'm <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah 
Apparently, you got the older, that, the classic model. I've got the new one. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh my God. I wish I was there. Somebody would say that to Brett. That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, I would. I would. I would laugh my ass off. <laughs> like cry. Good evening, Brett. I'd have oh, a obviously, uh, three of my re- dad. Three of my really good friends are attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> And then, he, and then he ends you're it. You're gonna need him. Ends, friend. The kid ends it by going, "Let's just make sure we get the nickname strength because we both thought I'll be reaching for the salt at the same time." Oh, <laughs> like, oh that's not awkward. Yeah. Go get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, Offerpad.com. Where's your favorite room, Casey? To drink. Casey's big drink. Probably wine. Where, where are you drinking your glass of wine, Case? Uh, kitchen table. Schultz, where are you? Did I see like what? Yeah. What were you drinking this week? We may have been drinking a lot because my friend Ben, also our assistant producer on DBC with Turn Twenty One. So happy belated birthday! Wow. Thank you to Jason. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. And Ben. Oh, happy birthday! Yeah. So we did. Oh, yeah. He turned twenty one all week, so I had to celebrate with him like the entire Obviously. week. So like when we got here today to, to this new awesome studio, there were like eight people here. There were, and yeah. we. Parked- I felt really special for a second. They were probably here with oxygen because we parked a mile away and we were trying to give Freddie <laughs> oxygen. So, <laughs> just trying to get you a little exercise before you get to yeah. Evidently, Jason's never seen the spotter parking in Daytona. <laughs> it's a, we basically walked the entire front stretch. Uh, seems oh, like. Nice. The boldest, most transparent podcast series ever produced by Dirty Mo Media. The Burton Continuum is unlike anything you have ever heard before. We take a candid look into the lives of second-generation racing cousins, Jeb and Harrison Burton, as they try to excel in NASCAR the way their fathers, Jeff and Ward, did. Learn about the emotional toll families competing against each other experience, and hear the gripping stories this family openly shares about hardship, tension, and triumph. Here's a preview from the latest episode. There's that feeling of, okay, I've, I've felt this before. I've felt this nervousness. I've felt this anxiety. I've been through some of the darkest days of my life because of racing and, and the best days of my life because of racing. And, um, yeah, there's a roller coaster, and, and I'm kind of used to riding it nowadays. It's, a, it's the hardest challenge any race car driver is ever going to have. You know, there's definitely more consequences for not performing well at the cup level as well. And, you know, the developmental years are still here, but they're kind of gone. Like, you got to perform too. The Burton Continuum. Available now on all major podcast platforms. What an idiot. Time for What an Idiot. This week's What an Idiot Award goes to Brett. Well, be kind, sir. There were two people <laughs> on my list. One Jason. of them's name is Jason Schultz because he oh. liked the tweet from that Bromberg guy who was the we're biggest troll. We're going to need to have him on the show. On the internet. Please bring him here in person. Brett would like uh, to. I'd like to have a word with him. Uh, oh, Jason, that guy is a turd. Okay, but Don't he made like a good people's – he didn't make a good point. He's never made a good point. That guy <laughs> is a complete turd, and, and nothing that he ever says should you like – you don't – your brand should not associate with people like him. 
That's the only advice I'm going to give you. But you're not my what an idiot, okay? You, you finished second. My what an idiot is Mike Davis because he had a party, a high rock vodka party. Yeah. And he did not invite me. Oh, you didn't get the, he didn't call you? What an idiot. Probably for a reason. Why didn't he call you? I don't know. I don't I'm know. Just <laughs> he didn't call me. I did not get invited to the high rock vodka party. And so he wins my what an idiot so of the week. And he's very well are aware. Are you implying that um, Dale is an idiot too since it was really their party? I promise you Dale wasn't sending out invites. And if he was, I obviously didn't get one for that either. But no. Wow. Oh, Freddie. Uh, there goes our raise. <laughs> uh, Davis, I'm not saying anything bad, so yeah, but you suck, so it doesn't matter. TJ, shut up. You started it, Casey. Freddie, who's you your one idiot? It. My you, one idiot has to be. You want to go first? You want to call Casey an idiot before I go? Or? I got three of them. She's now one of them. Um, my one idiot comes from the Arca race, and I don't know how many oh. people saw it, but. A guy that I think was a hell of, or is a hell of a race car driver, was a badass super late model driver, uh, Dave Mater. Um, the Did yellow, you see this? the yellow came out. Did you see this wreck? Oh, and the yellow amazing. probably came out. I don't know, three quarters of the way down a backstretch, probably. And Dave proceeded to get on the bumper of the car in front of him with the yellow out and never lift, and just drove that guy into the pack of cars in front of him, wide ass open. Like, they wrecked in the middle of three and four. So he drove from, I don't know, 80% of the way down the backstretch, just tandem drafting. The guy that thinks he's on – the one guy knew he was under yellow. The second guy obviously did not. And he literally just drove him into a pack of cars, and that's just something that can't happen. So you're going you're gonna to be my wooden idiot for the week. My first wooden idiot is now uh, Casey. So <laughs> just kidding, Casey. But you're still an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was that like a backhanded? Just kidding. Uh, was, yeah, I, mean, I was just kidding, kidding, but not really. Not really. Um, you started this, just so you know. No, you started no, you it started. for being so. Listen, this like, is not my turn. Not your turn. I'm to sorry, talk. you've been in a hey. bad mood this hey. whole day. Hey, it's not your turn. Um, I'm gonna show Brett the video. The yellow's out when this video starts. You see the white car on the bottom? That's my car that's wrecking now. Really? Did yeah, you my Andy again. Oh yeah. And once again, the guy who calls the wreck just drives right off. It's weird how that works, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, that guy is a. A very good candidate. Um, yeah. Oh, I had a really good one, and Casey got me all screwed up about it. Um, this is why you make notes, dumbass. Jesus. He was too busy apologizing. My, for one, the idiot, my one idiot is TJ for forgetting his one idiot. <laughs> it was good, too, man. Like, I was right. proud of it. I'll just go to the picks for a minute. I'll think of it. I'll cut it back in. No, no, we're not going back. Uh, we'll go back. I'll just say it. Jason will cut it and give him something to do. Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like, I like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. 
So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. So who goes first now that there's 27 people in on this DBC pick? I know who don't go first. The damn winner right here. (laughs) Never want to win the first hand of poker. TJ wins DBC picks at Daytona with Ty Dillon. (laughs) Repeat that, Casey. TJ sucks. We all he finished. It was like I finished. TJ finished eleventh. Brett finished twelfth. I finished fourteenth. And Freddie oh, finished fifteenth. Oh, so 15th. I almost won. Yeah, it was yeah, close. almost. All right, so I go next to last. Mm-hmm. All right, well, ready who? to make picks for California, and I am going to go first. Pick a guy that's in the race, please. <laughs> not helping. Maybe if I wasn't okay. Next time, for I'm not everybody you who with that. tweeted me saying that I can't do this. I wasn't aware that I could be a part of DBC Picks, I so know. I didn't have time to prepare. It's weird. So Paying attention is so free. I didn't know. Now. now you had three weeks to be ready I'm going to go with Eric Almarola. That's a really good pick because that's who I was going to pick. Mm. For Fontana? I will take Ryan Blaney. Ooh, that's tough. I'll take blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jason Suarez. Bird. Jason's bird would be like Daniel Suarez. White claw. Next White on claw. stage, I got Kyle Larson. Oh, you're swinging for the fence early, huh? Swing hard, baby. I'll take Alex Bowman. Kyle Larson or Tyler Reddick will win this race. That's my prediction. You know, Tyler was on my list of what an idiot's. Why? Could have what he do? Spun out by himself in front of the Formula One champion. Oh, Jacques Villeneuve. Yeah, he tried to take Jacques out of the race. Jacques. Hey, you know, so I was going to say something about Jacques. And <laughs> Being two laps now, running to the leaders. And just trying to run all. But you know who, and T- Scott Tapley pointed this out earlier on Twitter, and I saw it. Maybe one of the moves of the race yesterday, which I thought was dumb and insane at the time, worked out like a champ, was Chase Briscoe blocking us at the end of the second stage to stay oh, on the lead lap. I know. And he goes on to finish third in the Daytona 500. Yeah, he blocked me in three and four. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, <laughs> TJ, and literally TJ comes down here complaining to me about it. Man, did you see Briscoe? I, you and Logano no, would have done the exact same I thing. I told Joey, I'm like, I don't blame you for doing it. I don't understand that. I think he did a good job. It wasn't over-aggressive. But no, it was it worked out perfect for him because there was two yeah. slower cars on the bottom, and they, we were kind of. It was risky. In. We had no choice. It was the, risky for a lapper, but I mean, yeah. he did it, and he wasn't like, hey, yeah. Well, I so mean, he you, did a good you, job. You at guys it. have have been to a lot of tests with this new car between the two of you, right? I've only been to one. Oh, oh yeah, his driver was hurt for. I was hurt all. Oh I've yeah, been, uh, been to probably half, maybe. Okay, so what? Do you th- what? What was the word that Steve Phelps used, Jason? Something like pancreas or panacea? <laughs> what's what was it? Panacea. Pa- the, 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 okay. the, uh, this this Gen Seven is panacea. It's gonna fix everything. It's gonna fix everything. When we get to Fontana, is this race gonna look like we've fixed everything? Based on what y'all seen at the test, because I've only seen a plate track. Test. I the only test I went to was Phoenix, and it's a mile track, so it's not gonna compare to a two mile track at all. I you know I think. What, something that helps us at Fontana is tire wear, and I think you'll see a good race, but I'm worried when we get to the places where where we're going to be kind of wide I think open. we're worried everywhere new. I mean, yeah, honestly, I mean, a little bit. know what to expect. This, this was, is a top-two surface now on the schedule. The right? car was great at the Coliseum. The car was fine at Daytona. The car, uh, judging from what I've – I didn't go to Atlanta, but from what I heard at Atlanta – But that's I mean, wide open. Yeah, but this should be – this should be a lot yeah, of throttle. Yeah, but, but th- th- this is the best. I mean, I, I would say I the, love the tire wear here. The best two surfaces in my mind are Darlington, Fontana, Fontana. Right. So we're on the be- we're on one of the better surfaces. So what do you guys think it races like? 
I honestly think it's going to be pretty decent. I do. I think um, it, with Fontana, it's really hard not to have a good race at because of all the lanes. Drivers aren't stuck in one spot. You put a guy in second on the last lap, and he's within striking distance. He's probably just going to try a big move to the bottom, which makes it exciting. Uh, you know, we've seen passes in three and four. Jimmy got around. Somebody gave Jimmy the top out of four one time. I can't remember who it was. And I think it was Jimmy or Kyle. One of them remember. gave it up, but like, I don't know. It's it's a great racing service, and the tire fall off makes it that much better. It's I think what I'm curious to see is based on the fact that we anticipate a lot of on throttle time. Is are all those grooves going to work? You know what I mean? Like, or is right around the bottom going to be the fastest way? And is that car behind the leader or behind whoever he's racing? Is he going to get too tight and just lose a ton of momentum and get freight trained because the on throttle time behind him is great? Like, I, I'm I'm curious to see because to me. Fontana is a seven or eight lane racetrack in the corners. And and you guys probably only see five lanes, but we split seams. We do all these different things to change the way we can find the apex of those corners. And so I'm curious to see with all this on throttle time, is the bottom going to be the way around and everybody else can't make up time because of how much you're on throttle. But you got these long straightaways. And if two guys get together on the front stretch and tandem down that front stretch, they go yeah, and they could the second place guy. Maybe we have a similar situation. I don't want to be leading on the last lap. I want to be pushing you. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's going to be tan the whole way around. Obviously, but with the draft that these cars might have at those places, this is one of my favorite tracks on oh, the schedule. Yeah. So I can't yeah. wait to see what what happens. I was curious what you guys think we'll see because this is going to come down to arrow. Yeah, and tire wear, and tire I mean, wear. So, and this is potentially quote unquote potentially the last race of this surface but maybe not why can't yeah. they just knock that building down behind the front stretch and put the short track over there because they're going to sell all that yeah. well just don't sell it and bulldoze it and build but, another but one you, uh, you might have already seen I mean, the that, california a short track massive property but it is a massive property i, I, I hope we see a great race why are you not it. complaining about fontana what should i be complaining about what do you always are. complain about, Fontana? Your favorite state in the nation. Well, we go into turn one, and you see them speeds on the board. Oh, oh. dude. I mean, look. You're going to probably see the Xfinity cars going faster? Well, no. Hell, every nah, series that Daytona that, went faster. No, you won't see it because that board won't be working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I mean, well, I remember. Out. Out of gas. <laughs> I, I mean, we're, we're not going to see 200 miles an hour like we used to see, right? But, I mean, weren't the Cup yeah. cars the slowest car of anything in Daytona? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, well, oh, oh, not maybe Arca might have been maybe slower, not but everything else linked was, up, but yeah, no. single car. Single I'm talking car. about single car speed. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? And and I mean, you, you can't boast the best drivers in the world when they're going slower than your other lower series. And people, we've we've had this speed debate for years, and 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 these people on Sirius Radio or they're they're ignorant to what the facts are. And from a perception standpoint, the Cup car should be the fastest car in America. Period. On asphalt and concrete. And dirt? Not dirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we will find out in a few days. Before we close out, I want to give a shout out to the Dirty Mo Media team for this incredible studio. Even though we were kicked out of the other studio. We weren't kicked out. We were not kicked out. We, we just left. got too big for it. Yeah, we left. <laughs> we added, Well, since we added another head. assistant for Jason, we needed more room. <laughs> Well, it looks awesome. Thanks, guys. I really like this little leg rest. I, I am say, at the bar. Up at the bar over there. Yep. Just needed some 
Prosecco. We'll be Thanks for listening. It's going to be a fun season. I can't wait till we get Casey to put that mask on one episode. She's going to have to do high rock I vodka. I think uh, <laughs> Brett should wear it. So we race at 3.30 on Sunday, which is 12.30 out there. So the race will be over at 6.30. We'll take off at 8.30. We won't get on too late next week. Jason, we'll be on time. Okay, good. You want to do a little earlier next week? No. <laughs> Definitely, oh not. Definitely not earlier. I didn't get home till midnight last night. I got home uh, early. Yeah. I, got home. I was home by 10 o'clock, 10, 15. How? I don't know. You guys take too long. Yeah. What the hell? You and we had a full plane. You tech. Uh, Eleven was on there already, so uh, my guys weren't on my plane. Oh yeah, there's two different. There's two Gibbs planes. I gotcha. Jeez. All right. Well, thank you as always to our amazing presenting sponsor, OfferPad, and thank you for to everyone for listening. Be sure to tweet us, like, share. I just remembered. Something. Tell us TJ sucks. What do you remember? Your I idiot? just remembered something, Casey. I promise you. There are going to be T-shirts about you if you keep it up, and you're not going to like it. It's a warning. What? I can't wait. That you know is your I'm, warning. I'm most excited about Fontana. We go to this Mexican restaurant. Hey, before oh my I, God, before I, can't I wait. let me, I'm so, going to forget it again. I know exactly what you're talking about. Here we so go. good. It's got the big. It's got like Here a go. 20 piece Mexican band, and it is my so favorite. Ever. <laughs> They're not a Mexican band. Oh it's, my God! It's called mariachi band. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a idiot I, I, oh my I, god i, I love, Mex- I love to, to go watch this mexican band <laughs> because this is my favorite place that we go all year to eat it's, it's you need to unbelievable you get there at 8 30 and you eat this amazing mexican food and then at 9 30 they fire up and man they are blowing Ready those horns and chicken what you, have you ever been there no <laughs> what do you got like la bamba and stuff I oh mean, dude it's there's, there's there's literally 20 of them like there's, there's 20, 20 guys on stage and they are just jamming out really? like you ever see like a four-piece mariachi band just yeah this like a orchestra, <laughs> they wouldn't fit in this room. That's how many people are on the stage. And they are food good, jamming out. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, when are I, we going? I, we going Friday? We're going Friday. You damn right. We I are. forgot I, I, the guy. So I got I get this tweet after qualifying, and you know, qualifying tells you absolutely nothing other right. than. And this guy, obviously, I'm sure you guys were probably tagged in it too. But I get on there, I'm like, oh, I wonder when he's going to figure this package out. <laughs> after qualifying. <laughs> Oh. After qualifying, is that idiot? this guy, yes, is my what an idiot. And I go look, and it, it, of course, it's the six followers. Can't call you our know. fans an idiot. That's not nice. Well, this guy, this I don't even know if he's a fan. It Casey, might be. I, I am on Yelp, and I'm typing in what, and what does it say? Mexican music. Mexican music bars. But it's not a Mexican, Mexican band. Mu- it's Mexican music. It says Mexican Mariachi. music bars. I know, yeah. but it has a name. Like you can put the ma- but put in mariachi bar, and it'll you probably tagged, come up. You typed in Mexican music. Yeah, but you don't. <laughs> you it's can call. It's called PV's Fresh Grill Tequila and Entertainment. You know, if so you, that is not does not say Mexican band. When, when you I wanted to buy a dog, typing it in and Google, that's what came up. When you wanted to buy a dog, did you know what kind of dog you wanted, yes. or did you just Google want to buy dog? No. <laughs> I Googled what kind of dog I wanted. Exactly. To buy. So that music has a name. So yeah. you could narrow it down, but, you know, hey, what do you want to buy? I don't know. Just a dog, man. Throw them out there. Let's see what they look like. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> anyway, I'll see y'all at the Mexican <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go. La, 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 Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Happy we week. Thanks for listening. See ya. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it.